Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 66, The Psychology of a Dirty House. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. We are back in the studio today, aka Emily's Closet, and we are going to talk with a guest that we've actually had here before, and we're really excited to have back. Dr. Kristen Criado is here today. She is from Malama Behavioral Health out of San Antonio, actually. She joined us before to talk about helping our kids with anxiety, and she is here again. And today we're going to talk about the psychology of a messy house and kind of all that comes along with that. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. And it just, it worked out just perfectly. So it was meant to be. Hey, for those who haven't heard our previous episode and haven't met you before, how about you just um, tell a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist and I specialize in a few areas, but one of my favorite areas to help kids, teens, and adults is working with anxiety. And that was, you know, uh, the topic of our previous conversation. But anxiety is not just about being scared of trying new things or nervous when your parent leaves, but it can also get in the way of some of our everyday tasks. And so I'm excited to talk about clutter, dirty houses, cleaning, and how psychology is behind it, how anxiety can get in the way of us doing the things we want to do in our homes. So before we get too far into this, I think I just want clarification on um, maybe like what's our ideal understanding of a clean house. You know how we've talked before about we have like this ideal mom that lives inside of our head and we're constantly comparing ourselves to her. I think probably each of us have our own kind of ideal definition of what we think a clean house should be. So like Beth, like when I say that, what is your, what are, what are your goals here? Well, I think, you know, I think that mentally I have that hierarchy of cleanliness, right? Where for me, I may walk into a friend's house and you can tell that people live there. I mean, maybe there are some toys scattered around. Maybe there's a few dishes in the sink, you know, some a basket of laundry on the table or whatever. But um, generally, there's still a level of cleanliness where it's like their floors have obviously been cleaned in the last, you know, week or two. Or, um, you know, somebody picked up yesterday and this is maybe just today's mess. Uh, you know, the dishes aren't stacked and overflowing onto the counter. And so, my honestly, my ideal is I'm fine looking like we live here. Um, but where I feel like we kind of we kind of stay, and especially lately, uh, when I've been struggling with different um depression or mental health things, um, it's kind of this way below standard that, you know, I say like the tumbleweed 
dog hair that just rolls around my house, you know, or the fact that I haven't mopped my floors in who knows how long. Um, Or, you know, that the dishes are days behind in the sense that we could do a load of dishes in the dishwasher and still have, you know, two loads of dishes to do waiting for us. I definitely would love to get to a point where we are at just a general kind of lightly lived in Mm -hmm. status instead of, you know, garbage. (laughs) So so you're kind of saying that your ideal is to be, yes, like we live here. It's not a magazine installment. Mm -hmm. But if you put maybe one to two hours worth of work into it, you could kind of get it all tidied up and and turned around. Yeah, and feel like I could have somebody come into my home and they would be comfortable and I would not be mortified. Okay, okay. Yeah. So for me, I am a perfectionist personality that just like haunts my life. (laughs) (laughs) And so my ideal is really having like everything put away, everything kind of in its place. So like I could sit down at night and there isn't really like clutter like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look like a minimalist house but everything needs to be like put back yeah um and that isn't what i achieve i try to achieve it mm-hmm. a lot and i'll drive myself insane but you know when i'm thinking of this is my ideal goal that's what's living inside my yeah. head yeah okay see what you see so when you said that question about what do you envision as your ideal house, I realized I probably need someone to help me with my goals and expectations for myself even more than either of you. Because when I imagine my ideal cleanliness level of my house, I'm imagining showroom, model house, nothing in the kitchen except the bowl of lemons and a candle and like a pretty vase of flowers and not even dishes. And so when I'm imagining what's an ideal house, I'm realizing my expectations are through the roof. No humans could ever live in the house. And so what I end up doing is I fluctuate between being a total neat freak and being a pack rat and being a lived in, busy, working mom of two kids, two dogs. Um, but just having people coming in and out of every activity and the gym bag goes down and the karate bag goes down and the swim clothes are still on the hall tree creating a puddle. And I just like want to find some in between. So have you ever walked into your house and felt more stressed when you walked into your house than when you were picking up the kids or doing something for work and you come in and you're more overwhelmed? So for me, I feel like I'm really strange because when I'm actually in my own office, like in my work environment, even though I've stated I'm a perfectionist, I do not like my workspace to be neat and tidy because I feel restricted in that. So I like clutter. I like it to be a little bit messy. I feel freer in that. I'm more relaxed in that. And I can be more creative. My mind just feels like 
more alive, able to function. But then it, the opposite is true whenever I am in our home. Like, it's not my personal spaces that bother me being messy. It's when our common spaces are messy. Like, it's the kitchen. It's the playroom. It's the family room. Like, that's when I walk in the door and I feel this just, like, sense of overwhelm and this sense of paralysis is like trying to get that space together in a way that I've kind of like set as my expectation to make my family comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I relate to you in that it's almost like other people's messes are what frustrate me the most. Mm -hmm. And you know, also that I have this idea in my head of, like, when we hit a certain level of filth that, like, we've gone beyond, you yeah. know. And so when I walk in and there are, like, you know, snack wrappers or candy wrappers that I find on the floor or under the couch or on the table and um, just generally when there's trash around that just has not been taken care of. Uh, that just infuriates me. And I think it's, you know, it is because it's like, well, we are now Oscar the Grouch. Like we <laughs> have we have moved in and uh, are just permanently right there in the trash can with him. Like that's just what we are now, yeah. you know. So, yeah, um, that and those perpetual ones, you know, that just never end. Right, you can't stop. Yes. I definitely have this assigned worth based on the state of my house and this idea that if other people were to come in and see how we live, that they would think less of us, you know, and especially less of me as a mother, mm -hmm. you know, that I can't provide this space for my children. My children don't seem to care. In fact, they kind of <laughs> seem to like rolling around in the filth, but... I feel like it is a direct reflection of my abilities yeah. as a mom. Like the piles are judging you themselves. Yes. And they're like, they're just screaming. It's like all of the the mess on the inside, the second guessing and the guilt mm -hmm. and all of that is now just projected out into my home. And so every time I see it, it's like that I have failed. Right. You know? I get that. I think that we we have the things that bother us because of our own expectation and then we have the things that bother us because of how it affects our family and especially our kids. And so when I have those big emotions, when I see candy wrappers from Valentine's Day on the floor, or when I see piles of toys and papers on the table, I'm not, it's not just that it's ruining my, my, my perfect picture of what it should be. It's also that what I want is for my kids to have a clean space to do their homework so they can concentrate, so they learn good study skills. I want them to have a clean table so that they can have a healthy dinner. So like as a mom, I'm layering all of these levels of worry on top of just walking in the door. You know, it kind of goes along with how high our expectations are and where those expectations come from because we all three had different expectations for what a clean house, like how do you define a clean house? And a lot of those come from culture or environment or some group of within our friend group or our community. And the first thing is when, when we talk about 
some other topic other than a clean house. And we're talking about feelings of self-worth. We have to disentangle our view of ourselves from those outward things, what other people think of us or how material things in our environment reflect on us. If you know that you're a clean person, if you know that you're a kind and loving person, if you know that you're a smart person, finding other reasons in your life to build up those positive thoughts that that reflect on who you are and having that happen first. So it's not clean your house then you're then you're a good person. It's like no, you're good you're a good person already and you're good enough. And from that mindset, then because I know I'm valuable, because I know I'm worthy, what do I also need to change in my behavior? And then we can talk about changing the behavior after. But when you're doing it from this place of I'm I'm not good enough, I can't keep up, then that negative self-talk perpetuates that feeling and that behavior. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is changing that internal talk. Instead of saying, I'm not good enough, my house is a mess, saying I am good enough, I'm going to start tackling one little thing. My other internal self-talk has been, if I yeah, if I have to wipe this counter one more time, um, that sort of thing. Um, and so what I've had to change it to is when when I look at the dishes, instead of resenting the fact that there's more and more dishes, I've realized my family makes more dishes, I would think, than the average family because we cook a lot. We cook from scratch. My kids eat pretty healthy. And so I'm like, wait a minute. I, when I have dishes, it's because I'm a good mom. I can be proud of those dishes because that means I fed the kids well. So I'm trying to change my attitude and my thinking during the task because then I don't resent that task so much. Yes. Yes. So first I love what you said about you know, because I think when you started talking about shifting your thinking when it comes to, um, you know, your dishes or whatever, I was like, oh, she's going to say thankfulness. Like, we should find things to be thankful. But you you kind of shifted that. It was more like an affirmation, like a speaking truth over yourself in those things of we have a lot of dishes because we eat a lot of healthy food and we cook a lot. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing, you know. And my kids have extra laundry because they're doing A, B, and C, or because, you know, we spent the weekend camping or, you know. It's kind of, I've used this phrase sometimes in regarding other things, but it's the value and the freedom of telling the whole story, Mm -hmm. right? Like when we tell ourselves just one part of the story, it usually, like, imprisons us or restricts us a lot but like the full story about my counters is that it is monotonous and hard and frustrating to have to clean them you know maybe multiple times a day but the whole story that I'm forgetting is the reasons why I'm cleaning it it's because I have children in my home Mm -hmm. that are touching them it is because I'm making multiple meals or my kids are making their own snacks you know when they come home and Mm -hmm. that creates a bit more mess than I would have done and so it's not just like a pep talk that's shallow to make yourself feel better. No, it's actually reminding yourself 
of what the whole story really is. Oh, I like the way you put that, the whole story. Yeah, because it is. I mean, it's reconnecting yourself with the reality that you're living in instead of being caught up in the negative self-talk or the ideals that we have that are just simply not reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was a very powerful way to describe it. And I've never Mm -hmm. heard it so nicely put. Emily, I'm going to remember that and steal (laughs) that. You can use it. I will. I'll, I'll quote you on it. But then I was thinking, what are the other categories of clutter that are hard to tackle. And my other one that I will confess to is I have this box in my, in my bedroom, I have a little office nook and I have this like old paper cardboard box filled with like random scraps of paper bills and, um, things kids drew on or made in school. And this box is broken on the side and things are like Mm -hmm. sliding out so I have to like shove other things in it to just keep it balanced because I haven't really tackled that and I'm avoiding that one to be honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) I realized that when I let myself get really anxious about starting those things that I have all this baggage that I'm bringing to this box and I'm feeling like there's so many reasons I'm not willing to purge and go through each thing the anxiety, the stress it causes me to look at that box because even though the box is, you know, I'm doing my hands like it's small, um, I just know it's going to take like five hours. And so I'm like, I don't have five hours. I don't want to spend five hours doing this. So then I get stressed about that. Then I start thinking about recycling. Then I start thinking about I bought too much stuff. And then and then again, I'm snowballing and you see what I did. Yes. Yes. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> yes. Well, and my my question is, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, um, on like why we keep things. And so when you look at that box and you're looking at all of the bills and paper scraps and, you know, probably random doodles from your kids, um, what, like, why do you keep those things? Because I have boxes and stacks like that, too, where it's like, I'm not sure if I should throw this away or if I can yet, or if my kid sees this in the trash, are her feelings going to be hurt? So I tuck it somewhere. Um, and then I end up just with a stack of papers that I'm like, well, I don't want to go through that. So Yeah, I think um, that I don't want to go through the pile is sometimes... Um, anxiety and avoidance. Like it's too much work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Another reason is that emotional attachment, but it could be meaningful to me. And then another Mm -hmm. category is like the financial papers. Like they scare me. Like like I'm I'm stressed about money or I don't know what's important or not important. Mm -hmm. And so I find excuses of it being too big, too meaningful, or too intimidating to tackle each thing. And then that Mm -hmm. box grows. So what I realized is I'm teaching my kids, if you don't want to do it, you don't, you're nervous about doing it, you don't know how to do it, you just don't do it. And then I realized Mm -hmm. that they're creating their own boxes of like garbage in their room. So I decided to start for myself with just a few minutes at a time, because I'm not doing five hours of a box. That's just an unpleasant day for me. Um, But to start going through it and just sorting the piles, find, you know, the kids, the kids art. 
I've actually started getting my seven-year-old to go through things with me and to pick like what means more to him as far as like what he gave me. You know, you have the memory, whether or not you have the paper. I try to tell myself that because there is guilt in throwing away those things. This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. So what are what are some ways I like that we've talked about the affirmations and kind of the reframing, um, telling the whole story, like Emily said. What are some other ways that we can move past the paralysis? So moving past the paralysis is done by starting small and practicing. So starting with the easiest, whenever you're starting a new skill, you're learning how to play guitar. If you try to play the most complex rock song in the world, then you're going to just feel like a failure because you don't know how to do it. But if you start with a simple strumming pattern or holding one string down, you're going to get that pretty quickly and you're just going to start feeling really good. So start small. Don't start with the box you're the most emotionally attached to or the most scared of. Start with the boxer mm-hmm. pile that's smaller so that you can like have those successes. Because what you're doing is you're training your brain. When I do this, I feel good and I accomplish something. As you're saying that, I'm thinking like when I can clean my bathroom... And because it's one of those tasks where when it's done, it's done and you can see. And you can smell it. Yes, it has you like, can smell yeah, it. it has you can see it. Good like, satisfaction. Yes. It's such a satisfying chore. The other thing I really like doing is vacuuming because I feel like mm-hmm. there's an end to it, you, you know, and the, when I'm done, yeah. I've done something, mm-hmm. you know. So I think those are my go-to of if I can get something done where I can see the end goal is accomplished, then it motivates me to do other like Mm -hmm. small things like that. I want to interject an idea here, and I would love y'all's opinions on this, but I also think as women in our culture, we have to sort of unwind and untie the notion that we are the ones who are supposed to do it all. Right. And there is also, in my opinion, a way to overcome some paralysis is to delegate Mm -hmm. and teach to other people and let those things go. Mm -hmm. You know, letting go of the notion that the state of the house's organization and cleanliness is not yours alone to manage Mm -hmm. or to execute. You know, because even like in business, like if yeah. you're the boss lady or you're the manager, you don't, you can't do it all. You have to delegate those things to other people. Yeah. And usually in business too, they tell you, you hand off the things that cause you the most stress, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody else needs to start wiping the counters at my mm-hmm. house. <laughs> Definitely. That sounds and very yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Yes, there's yes. nothing, there's nothing wrong. It's not a failure, you know, like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that for us to hand that over to other people, for them to have ownership. Yeah, I I struggle with, and I do this, I've gotten a lot better about delegating to my kids and giving them specific roles. Uh, 
But I think when I hand off a task that I know that I hate, I feel kind of guilty putting it on a kid who doesn't really get an option to not do it. (laughs) You know? I call that character building. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's very kind and considerate of you to think about their feelings in it. But what I found is that my husband doesn't mind putting away laundry. It's so weird. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. like the biggest deal in the universe. And he's like, why? You pick up this pile, you stick this pile over here. So I will wash a lot of things. I will fold them. And then I get very, I get per- the paralysis comes when my mm-hmm. entire bed is full of stacks of clean laundry. And then I just yeah. go get him and he helps me carry the the set that I've already organized you know, my daughter's shirts go here, mm-hmm. skirts go here, shorts go here, and he just throws them in drawers. Um, Thank I, you, Catherine Sasser, by the way. <laughs> so tell me, Catherine Sasser. Yes, she was the one. Remember? Um, She's been a guest of ours on Mom Yeah, Visions. she was on. She was talking about having the laundry. system for clothes where you put the shirt and the pants together and you fold yes. them. I remember you saying that you were like, that's amazing. You, when, when I heard yes. her, that is the way I pack for vacation. And I have yeah. my son, I fold all the things. That's how we do school days too. So he, on yes. the way to putting mm-hmm. his laundry away, he grabs his five shorts, he grabs his five shirts and his socks and he rolls them up and sticks them in the organizer. That is her. That's perfect. I, yes. I yes. learned that. That is her. When I yeah, that's a, it's a good tip. It's a good tip. Yes. So the other thing, when you're saying you feel bad to put it on your kids, I found that they, my kids, like some things more than I thought they would, and then they don't like other things. And so I try to flex mm-hmm. with them. Yes, there is some char- character building to, like, sometimes you have to do it. But also, like, when there's choice, I let them pick. Like, do you want to help mm-hmm. me put the dishes away, or do you want to help do this. And I've been using language. Again, when we talk about our internal language, it's also like we work hard to keep our house nice so that we can have more fun playing. Like I say that while we're cleaning and I say, you know, thank you for being so responsible or good job um, taking ownership over your own school clothes. And I use big words and then I try to use smaller words, synonyms, depending on their ages. But I want Mm -hmm. them to learn as you go grow up, you leave my house, you become an adult. If you don't wash your clothes, you have no clean clothes. So you, mm-hmm. they like throwing them in the washer. They like throwing them in the dryer. I'm not having them put the detergent in yet. Um, but just involving them a little in little ways. I also found that um, I do everything better than everybody else. I clean yeah. better, mm-hmm. I organize better, <laughs> I'm more efficient, right? And and that's only a little bit true sometimes, and, and it's mostly in my head. So I've had to decide, <laughs> not only am I good enough and worthy, but also, like, other people are good enough, too. And, like, the way they mm-hmm. put their clothes in their drawers is good enough. And yes. I didn't have to do it. So if something <laughs> yes. got unfolded. Agreed. Because yeah. a child helped, I'm going to say, it's so great that I'm teaching them how to put their clothes away and I'm not going to be upset that the sweatpants came unfolded. <laughs> yeah. Yes, those those things are hard to give up though. They can be they can be a process in themselves, I think. Yeah, I I have experienced again perfectionist. <laughs> when I first started 
experimenting with having my my oldest daughter's about to be 11. So we're well into capability of doing things. Mm-hmm. Although she could not learn to sweep to save her life. It's a coordination <laughs> thing. I it was, really is. It I really was like, is. okay, I don't think your brain's developed enough for yeah. this. Like, never mind. Just get the vacuum. But um, at first, it was difficult for me to let let go of these things. But as like kind of what you were saying, I practiced it, mm-hmm. like doing it. Um, I liked, I got some good dopamine from some of the ways it freed me up. Mm-hmm. You're right. And that mm-hmm. it was a trade I am happy to make to say your laundry baskets in the, you know, we've done your laundry for you. Your laundry basket is in the laundry room. You need to go put your clothes away. And I don't go in her closets or her drawers and check Mm -hmm. to see how it was put or where it was put. Like, she's totally in control of that. She can, you know, and she has even changed, like, what drawers I might have put things in before. She's changed it up. And she has found some joy in that. That was fun for her to have, to be the boss of where her clothes got to go. And know. she's creating her own systems. And as a perfectionist, like mm-hmm. much like you, I think that my system is the best system because oh, yeah. of course it mm-hmm. is. Um, but really the best system is the one that works for whoever's using it or the one that works for the most people in the household. And when I allow other people to do it their way, then it's more likely to continue to happen because Mm -hmm. it fits their style or it fits their purpose in a different way than I would have thought of. Yeah. It's a little bit laughable to be having this conversation and giving like (laughs) advice on this right now because Beth knows my house, like it's usually pretty okay, but like it's Mm -hmm. kind of in one of its highest states of disarray. (laughs) Right now, as I think, you know, what I have to do as far as, you know, the positive, the affirmations to myself and kind of talking through the, the, the hardest piles and breaking it down, like, why, why am I not letting myself get into this? Could I put away one piece of paper? Well, the top paper, it's too precious. I don't know where to put it. Or if the top paper is so precious, I get it out and I frame it. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to do like one little thing at a time. And mm-hmm. so... When instead of feeling like a hypocrite having this conversation, I realized that I am just practicing, like you said, Emily, of just practicing doing it. And I, when I accepted that it's more of a process that needs regular maintenance than an end goal, that I'm much happier with Mm -hmm. my space and I'm much happier with the things that I have accomplished. Um, And then it's easier to tackle the next little bit when I get home today. Can we talk a little bit about sentimentality? Because, you know, you've mentioned the the paper on top is so precious. Mm-hmm. And I struggle. I'm I'm probably the least sentimental person in my family. I was about to say, are you Emma's? I'm I'm not. Yeah. But my husband and my children are. And so my oldest daughter will she will keep things. Because somebody gave it to her and either it's special because the person gave it to her, even if she doesn't use it, 
or she's worried that if she gets rid of it, the person who gave it to her will be sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I'm like, I just don't want to keep moving this around my house and I'm going to just remember it and I'm going to move on, you know. But my husband will keep everything, Mm -hmm. everything, Um, whether it's sentimental or not. He goes between sentimentality and, uh, you know, the potential that an item has (laughs) to be needed in the future. So I think I am not sentimental in keeping things except for like a handful of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I moved around a lot when I was growing up. So I think that sort of kind of helps keeping things for like an emotional value. I do have some things I have for an emotional value, but I would probably have difficulty getting rid of things. Um, There is a little bit of coming from like a poor upbringing. So Mm -hmm. I would fall in sometimes to the category of I might not. I'm looking at my purses hanging up here. (laughs) I might not really like this handbag right now, but Mm -hmm. I might like it in five years. Yeah. When I really just, I'm not going to like that handbag in five years. Or, well, maybe, you know, and then, so there's a little bit of that. But then kind of what you were saying about this is going to take me five hours. Mm -hmm. It's the perfectionist thing. If I can't go in and clean out all my purses and do it 100% 100% to a T, mm-hmm. then I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I try to practice what I tell other people, which is start small. Better to do five minutes than to avoid the five hours. And if you go through and you take one purse out, then next time you do it, you have one less to do until you get to that ideal number. And then you can reorganize them and size Mm -hmm. order and color order and all the things your perfectionist brain wants to do beautifully because then you'll have the space for it. So Mm -hmm. the sentimental value of things, try to practice that the time with the person is more valuable than the thing and Mm -hmm. that we do, we do treasure things like we're, we're human. That's just our nature. Um, But I think a lot of it comes also from like our culture and who has the most handbags or you know, that you show love by buying things. And so I've tried to get away from that a little bit. And the reality is, of course, my kids have their favorite stuffed animals that uncle so-and-so bought them and, um, you know, and they have those things. And so we're going to keep that one, you know, right in the middle of the bed because that's, that's the extra special one. But some of the other things that are sentimental, but you don't use them anymore. Who can we give it to? Who do you love that you want to give this very precious thing to? In practice, it doesn't always work. We still have piles and piles of stuff that we just can't part with for who knows why. But for some of the things, to get them out, we just have to, like, find the right the right person to give it to. Either that we know or that we don't know. So we talk a lot about yeah. people that we don't know, too, and what they could use and what the benefit is to us, too. But the benefit of getting rid of some of the stuff that we love but we don't use anymore is that some other kid that might be their new favorite thing. And then you have this huge space and we create play zones. And now you have this huge space to play with all your Legos because you've gotten rid of all these stuffed animals. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of a Bluey episode. Oh, um, that's where I get most of my all- parenting. Oh, heck <laughs> yeah. I think it's called Monkey Jocks. And uh, and they go through all their toys. And there is this sweet moment at the end where somebody inherits the one that they finally got rid of. and mm. um, And just the you know, the love and the joy that it passed on. And so, yeah, that's, it's good to be able to talk through that. And I encourage my kids with that. Like, well, if you're done with it, let's give it to somebody who can play with it or who can enjoy it. I wanted to make one more point and then we could try, like we could talk about this forever. We I know wrap we it up. <laughs> But we do have routines and this is probably just my personality, right? You know, I love a routine. Um, I love a schedule. But that helps me probably more than anything else not to get paralyzed as much or overwhelmed yes. as often. Because here's like for my kiddos, every October we get a trash bag, a donate bag, a recycle bag. Mm-hmm. And we go through the entire playroom all their rooms. And we do this because Santa Claus is coming mm-hmm. in December. And we I, like we like we look around, there's no space. If Santa Claus brings us something, where are we going to put it, right? Mm-hmm. When I go up and we do put things back up, but then I start feeling that need to purge it cuz I'm a perfectionist and I do like cleaning mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. I tell myself it isn't time for that yet. In October I will do it and it will free me up from that, yeah. right? And sort of like Sundays, Sunday afternoons before like in evenings before we get ready to start our week to take a bath and get ready for the school day, that's just sort of a rhythm that mm-hmm. we kind of tidy up, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives me like freedoms on Saturdays. I don't have to tidy up today because it's not my day to do it. Today I can rest. So I'm going I'm not going to get upset because this laundry's here. Mm-hmm. Sunday's the day that I'll put it away. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. That gives- that <laughs> helps me. It makes me think Sunday's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. We're going to have a cleaning revival. Right. <laughs> but if you pair it with good things, if you think however much I do is good enough and this is mm-hmm. not a bad reflection on me and other people will help, you can you can tone down the volume on that Sunday's coming. Yes. Just feels it feels less urgent and less overwhelming and I like that idea of having a routine. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Kristen, thank you so much uh, for joining us again and talking us through these. I feel like we could do this like 10 more times and still not cover all of the psychology behind our cleaning habits and why we keep things and why we don't keep things. But thank you so much for joining us and for your encouragement and advice. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.